This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and join today. I'm your host, Jay Scott, and I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. We have a real special episode today. I have on the phone with me James Dudley, and uh, James has just uh, accomplished something that uh, most hunters dream about, and uh, he has harvested a a phenomenal coos deer with his bow. And uh, for us Arizona guys that, uh, you know, live in, in Arizona and have grown up in Arizona, you know, the coos deer is 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 definitely at the top of most Arizona hunters list as far as wanting to harvest and I know Dar and I have been coos deer fanatics for a long time and from the first time I saw my first coos deer I was just swallowed up with these deer and uh James uh I can't wait for James to tell his story and this isn't a story about just about shooting a big deer um there's actually more to this story that's way deeper than shooting a big giant deer and I think one of the things, once you hear this story, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. And that is, you know, we all like to to, to go hunt. We all like to have success. Uh, but in, we also always have to remember that there's more important things than hunting. There's more important things than big deer. Uh, there's more important than success on hunts. And um, you're going to hear a little bit about that. Um and James, how are you doing today, buddy? I am great. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I uh, have listened to every single one, and I'm a huge fan. You know, I was um, excited today when I got your uh, text, and um, you had shared with me the the adventure that you had just been on, and and somewhat the journey. You've been on a journey here now for for uh, for some years here, and and and. Uh, you know, it's it's exciting to see the outcome, and, and I can't wait to share the story here. And um, first off, I want to ask you, James, uh, what's your background as a hunter? Uh, how long you been doing it, and what, what kind of animals do you enjoy to hunt the most? Okay, well, I'm 33 years old. I've lived in Glendale, Arizona my entire life, pretty much, and uh, I started archery hunting at the age of probably 20. Um, I never hunted really before that. And I went on a a December cruiser hunt with one of my buddies that he had a tag for back 13 years ago. And we went out for, I think, four or five days and we did not see a single cruiser the entire time we were out in December. And I know that sounds crazy, but um, I was completely new to it. I had a borrowed pair of binoculars, no tripods, didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I was having fun. And ever since that hunt, I've been hooked. I learned right then that next month in January, if I had a bow, I could go do this every day. So I went out and bought a bow. And ever since then, I've not stopped hunting coos deer. And that's pretty much my background. I am obsessed with coos deer. Um, I've killed three deer with my bow and uh one about mm, eight months ago in the last of december december 27th i think was uh my first one with my bow 
And then this one, um, a long time ago, I killed a mule deer buck with my bow. And um, that's it. I'm a deer hunter, archery deer hunter, and that's what I love to do. That's awesome, James. And what is it about the coos deer? I mean, I know what it is from in from my perspective, but what is it about coos deer that, that, that is so dear to your heart? It's just that they're such a crazy little animal. They're impossible to find. Um, you know, people live in Arizona their entire lives and never see a coos deer. Most people never even see them. They don't even know that they exist. And uh, they're out there if you go look for them, and they're just character, man. They have huge racks, tiny little bodies. Um, they're scrappers. If you ever see them in the rut, they'll try to kill each other. They'll run and run other bucks off a ledge trying to get a doe. They're, they're aggressive. They're a crazy little animal, and I just love them. Yeah, I, I share the same uh, sentiments there. And, you know, it's just one of those things I have people ask me all the time, well, why do you like to hunt those little deer? And I say, as soon as you go hunt them one time, you'll know exactly why all these guys, these coos deer fanatics are, are chomping at the bit for season to start. And, you know, it, everything about them is cool. I mean, just from, like you said, they're small in, in size and, and, but they're, they're mighty at heart and, and they've got a lot of heart and they've got a lot of fight in them. And, uh, they're just an awesome animal. I want to fast forward to um, this year, and uh, I want I want you to tell me about this adventure um, that you've just uh, been that you've gone through. Okay, well, this adventure started about uh, three and a half weeks ago. Um, I've been helping two of my hunting partners, Brandon and Trevor, um, scout for their early archery bull tags and. We've been glassing and glassing and glassing this unit, trying to find some big bulls and checking trail cameras, and uh, we're having trouble finding big bulls. So the other day we were out there checking trail cameras, and we hike uh, out to this one camera that's probably a mile and a half straight up a hill from the nearest road. And I get there, and of course, somebody has broken my lockbox, and stole my camera again and I was super frustrated and um, upset so I just ran down the hill got back in the truck went and glass didn't find any bulls so that just made me even more upset and then I remembered that this is probably why Jay Scott and Dar don't run trail cameras that was just a guess but <laughs> I figured that I was so frustrated. I was pretty much done with them at that point too. Um, so I went home all mad. I didn't have any pictures to look at. Um, I was just mad. And so the next day I was off from work and I was like, screw this. I'm going to go run back up the hill and check a completely different part of this unit that I've never even really known existed. And, um, I'm going to go find some bulls. And so went out, set up glass, and at probably 4 o'clock, 4 p.m., maybe a little earlier, um, about 5, I catch some movement 500 yards away, and I see it's three bucks, and I can't tell exactly what they are. They're directly in line with the sun, so I'm staring right at the sun, um, and I have a 
tripod with a, cam- a video camera on it and my binoculars on it, and I can't see through either one of them really, so I put my spotter on a, one of those tripods, and all I can make out is three bucks, and then I see one has a black tail. And I'm like, oh, dang it, they're little muley bucks. I'm like, oh, it's not really what I'm looking for right now. And then I'm like, well, I don't know, that one looks like it's probably, you know, a good 140, 150-inch muley buck. Maybe I'll watch him for a while. And that's so I lined my spotting scope up on him, and I was completely blown away by what I saw. It wasn't a muley buck. It was a coos deer. And the other deer with him was a coos deer with a black tail. Um, and he was a giant. It was bigger than anything I would ever imagined seeing in my life. So I got my video camera on him, looking directly in the sun, start getting some video, and it's just not coming up very good. I try to take some pictures through my phone scope. They don't come out very good. And... I watched them go up over the hill and disappear to the other side. And I was thinking about going over there, chasing them and trying to get some better footage. And I was like, no, I'm not here to do that right now. I'm going to look for some bulls. So I sat glass until it got dark and actually ended up finding a couple of good bulls finally. So I was happy and stoked with that. And on my way out of there, I called Trevor, my hunting partner, who has the, the archery uh, bull tag. Today I found a couple of good bulls. Um, in this spot, but I also found the most enormous cruiser I could have ever imagined seeing, and um, he's like, no way, how big do you think he was? And I'm like, I I don't even want to say it because I hate field judging things and being wrong or over scoring things, and so I was like, I, I never thought I would say this number, but I think that I can conservatively say he's at least 120 inch cruiser. And he was like, no way. That's crazy. That's insane. And so I'm like, yeah, so tomorrow we're going to come up here and see if we can't find him again with, you know, better cameras and optics and stuff. And so that's what we did. We went out the next day, found him right where I left him. And we got probably two hours of video and just hundreds of perfect pictures of this deer. And we're just completely stoked. Like, we sound like schoolgirls, you know, watching this dang deer, you know, a mile away. And um, so we go home and we both look at all of our pictures and look online and try to judge this deer and see what what he's uh, going to come up as, how big he is. And we're looking at all the deer we can find on the Internet, and we're seeing 130-inch deer all over the place, and I'm like, gosh, man, this deer is, I don't know if I'm looking at this wrong or what. I must be looking at this wrong because this deer looks bigger than all these 130-inch deer. can't be. So I'm just going to say, yeah, I think I found a 130-inch deer out here, and uh, just go with it. You know, it's still a monster, craziest deer I've ever seen in my life, even if it was, you know, 130 inches. Um, Fast forward. You know, a couple days later, maybe a week later, we go back up, locate the buck again, um, just watch him, see what he's doing. He's still hanging out with those other two deer. And uh, we find, like, all their water sources where they've been hitting water and um, just watching their behavior, basically. Um, So we go 
believe them. James, can I yes. can I ask you a question there? So when you're watching them, in your mind, are you watching them and trying to figure out what is he doing, what is his pattern? You know, are you trying to learn everything about him, or are you more mesmerized by just how big he is and just kind of watching them? Um, probably a little bit of both because we're watching him to see where exactly he's feeding, um, what he's eating. Like we're literally videotaping him being like, Oh, look at, he's eating that, you know, juniper bush or he's eating those manzanita berries or leaves and, uh, watching, seeing what he's eating, seeing where he's going, seeing who's in charge and, watching him lead these other two deer all over the place. He was the first one to walk wherever they were walking. They followed him. And we were mesmerized for sure about how big this deer is. But we're definitely watching to see what they're doing. So the first thing on the camera is I say, hey, Trevor, how am I going to kill this deer? And then that's when the learning began, you know, to see exactly what he's doing and where he's going and what he's betting in. Um, and all that stuff came in handy um, because the day before the opener, we were out there all day glassing, and we couldn't find him. We couldn't find him. We couldn't find the other two deer, anything. Um, the next day, opening day, we get back to our glassing hill, and uh, nothing. Still can't find him. So at that point, I'm convinced that he's moved to the other side of the hill. It's it's a big, huge mountain. It's not a hill, but I'm thinking he's on the other side in the thicker brush. So we're out there hiking around this mountaintop, looking through everything with, with spotters and 12s, 15s, just picking these hills apart, going crazy, just in the sun, just burning our eyes out, trying to find this, these deer. Can't do it. Saturday comes around, and we're on the other side of the hill this time, glassing. See a bear walk right through where the deer were. I'm figuring that deer had to spook, or that bear had to spook these deer out of here. They got to be around here somewhere, but they're not on that side. Can't find them Saturday, Sunday, and this is the funny part um, about listening to your podcast. I literally asked Trevor, I said, hey, what would Jay Scott do right now? <laughs> I swear, I promise you I said that thing. And we both we both already knew the answer, but I just wanted him to tell me what we needed to do. And I, we both knew what it was, and that was go right back to where we found, where we saw him last, where we knew he was. We saw him, you know, three or four times in the past couple of weeks on this one hill, on this one spot. And we just need to go back to our starting point and just sit there all day and glass that hill. So that's what we did. And sure enough, that's where he was. Uh, he popped up probably around 8 a.m. He's solo. The other two deer were gone. Um, at this point, I had one other buddy, Brandon, with me. And they stayed on the hillside glassing um, while I put a stock on this buck. He's probably a thousand yards away from us at the beginning. I got to within, you know, a couple hundred and uh, a bunch of coyotes start howling all over the place and all these elk busts and he sees the elk bust and he moves up this really steep, nasty hill, another hundred yards and 
I knew that I was not going to be able to get anywhere near him. So I just backed out and we called it a day and uh, came back the afternoon to find him. Couldn't find him. I'm sure he was just bedded in like Manzanita bush or something. But um, Hey, James, I'm yeah. going to stop you right there for a second. We're going to stop, take a quick break, listen to our sponsors, and I'll get right back to you. Guys, as you know, Go Hunt dot com insider is the title sponsor of this podcast and i want to tell you you get a free fifty dollar kuyu gift card if you sign up for the gohunt.com insider all you have to do is click on the blue join now button use the promo code j scott at closing and they will send you an electronic gift card that you can use at kuyu i wanted to tell you why hunters prefer the gohunt insider there's unit analysis, statewide overview and summaries, state rules and regulations, species summary and trophy quality, application strategy articles, email reminders and notifications, quick and easy mobile access. You've got interactive game management unit maps, analysis of every season and species. You've got five-year harvest success and tag quota. Uh, satellite imagery and terrain photos, camping and lodging recommendations, detailed on access and access issues, real-time rain and drought tracking, plus you get free gear and hunt giveaways, you get a free Go Hunt hat, and if you sign up using the J. Scott Outdoors, uh, or excuse me, the J. Scott promo code, you get a $50 Kuyu gift card. All you have to do is hit the blue join now button and use the promo code jscott. I want to thank gohunt.com for their sponsorship of this podcast. Okay, so yeah. we we go we all leave Sunday because uh I have to go to work on Monday. It's my wife's day off work, so I was like I need to go take a shower and regroup and figure out what I'm going to do. How I'm going to get on the spear. And um so Tuesday afternoon, yesterday afternoon. Um, you know, I literally have been obsessed with deer since I've seen them. And my wife went to work at night. She works nights. And so it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. She just left to go to work. I'm at home uh, by myself and I don't really have anything I need to, that needs to be done around here. So I'm like, I'm gone. I'm going to go find this deer. So I start heading up the hill. Uh, call Trevor, say, Hey, I'm going up to find this deer. He said, All right, I get off work at this time. I'll meet you at the Glasson Hill. And, um, I show up at the hill at probably three o'clock. Trevor shows up at three thirty and I find the deer in my spotter at about four. Um, and he is back with the other two deer exactly where we left them, uh, two days prior, like within a hundred yards. And they're, they've been bedding in these big, tall manzanitas that you can't see them under when they're bedded down. There's no way you can find them. So we watch him go down the hill a little bit, feeding, and he'll bed down, he'll get up, eight, ten yards, bed down, get up. He does that until he gets under this juniper. And it's about 5 o'clock then, and I tell Trevor, I'm like, all right, well, I need to head up there at this point. He is 13 or 1400 yards from us up, up the hill, um, bedded down in underneath a juniper on a, like a steep incline with grass, grass and juniper around it. Um, 
So Trevor and I get a plan together, literally like my path behind like each tree, where I'm going to go, how I'm going to get there. If the wind's blowing this way, what I'm going to do. If the wind's blowing this way, what am I, what am I going to do? And uh, I set off. I have a radio with the earpiece in my ear, and he just stays on the glassing hill with the radio, um, kind of just telling me if the, if the deer gets up, which way he moves, which way he's facing, which way he's laying, um, where he is, and, and like proportion to where the last place I saw him, so I can try to determine what bush Trevor's talking about. Because everybody knows once you get on that mountain, everything looks completely different than where you're glassing from. Um, I get up to the grassy part of the hill, which is 400 yards away from the deer, and that's where we determined I was going to ditch my boots. So I took my boots off, and I made the last 400 yards in my socks because this grass I was walking through was pretty loud, and uh, the wind right there was blowing directly uphill, directly at the deer. And so I had to rearrange my plans. I had to move couple hundred yards to like the east and try to get up through a different bunch of bushes and uh i'm going and the buck keeps moving and batting and moving and batting and so i don't know where he's at trevor's telling me exactly where he's at but i can't see and um finally he says all right once you get around this juniper you're you might have a shot um you're going to be up the hill next to this prickly pear cactus. So um, I'm thinking that I got to go around two junipers, but really I only have to go around one. So I take a step out and I look to the left, thinking I still have to go 10 more feet, and I see the prickly pear cactus. And I'm like, oh, dang, maybe this is what he's talking about. And I have like literally an 8 inch, maybe a 12 inch shooting lane to where I can see that cactus. And that, so I'm looking and looking. And sure enough, 42 yards from me, I can see uh, antler and head, and the rest is bedded down in the grass. Um, can't see his body. I don't really know which way his body is laying because it's starting to get dark, and he's in the shade, and I can just see literally like a black outline of this deer's head and face. So I uh, decide that this is his definitely as close as I'm going to go like get, and I need to make this happen before it gets any darker. So I range him at 42 yards uphill, and I draw back my bow, take one step out away from the juniper, so I'm in that shooting lane, go to look through my peep sight, and of course my peep sight is twisted backwards. I can't <laughs> see anything, so I take a step back, release the pressure on my bow, hand twist my peep sight so hopefully this time when i draw back it'll be lined up and uh going i've been i've had this problem hundreds of times before i don't know if everyone else does i'm sure they do but it never happens when you're just shooting at your bale of hay i know ever. i know i know man ever not, not this bad sometimes it'll twist a little bit but this was like completely sideways there was no hole to look through so i regroup and I draw back again, take another step out on these rocks barefoot and trying to, like, get a good 
footing and placement, and I put my pin on him, put my pin on his head, thinking he's going to see me and he's going to stand. He's either going to stand up or he's just going to fold. And as soon as he stands up, I need to let go. And um, I stood out there for about 30 seconds, drawn back, literally 30 seconds, and he didn't move. And so I kind of did the old butt grunt noise, and he didn't move. Did that like four times, he didn't move. So I went back on, let my bow down again, um, took a step back again, and I called Trevor and on the radio and whispered very quietly, which way is he laying? Like, is he quartering to me? Is he broad? Is he straight broadside shot? And Trevor told me he's quartering to me a little bit, and his, his back legs are pointed up the hill. So I'm like, all right, well, I need to know that. And I drew back, stepped back out again, and started yelling at the deer, yelling from 42 yards away, yelling loudly at the deer. What were you saying? Move, deer, move move deer come on deer and he would not move he turned his head a little bit i don't know how i, I think he saw me i honestly think that he saw me and he knew what was going on and he was just going to wait it out till it got dark before he busted because i was losing light fast um so he didn't get up and i went back down again and at this point I know Trevor told me he was watching through the spotter, shaking, seeing me draw back. <laughs> this will be the fourth time I draw back on his deer, and I can't. All I can see is his head. And um, I'm like, this has to happen. Like, there's this is lining up. There's This never is going to happen again. You're never going to have this opportunity. You need to make this happen now, or it's going to well, be too, be too dark to you. And the beauty is your buddy's telling you where the body is, so you know where the body is. Right. I knew exactly where the body was in proportion to his head, even though I couldn't see it. I knew that between me and that body, there was a couple blades of grass, and that was it. I could see the grass. I couldn't see his body. I knew where it was. So, once again, same thing. Draw back. Get lined up. Take a step out put my pin on its head, yell at the top of my lungs as loud as I possibly can for the deer to move and try and hold my bow on him the whole time. And I yelled twice. He didn't budge. And so I was like, I just need to shoot. And I shot. And I heard the arrow. I saw the luminot go flying right at him. And then I heard the arrow hit a rock. And I was like, oh, my God. And the deer busted, of course. As soon as I let go, he busted and ran. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I just missed that deer at 40 yards. I hit a rock. And I and I called Trevor, and I actually, like, tossed my bow down because I was kind of disappointed. Well, actually, I was really mad. But um, I'm like, hey, I missed him. He's like, are you sure you missed him? Because he's not acting normal. And I can barely see him through the spotter, but he's not acting normal. I'm like, all right, well, let me go check my arrow. So I ran up there, checked my arrow. As soon as I grabbed my arrow, there's blood all over the place. And I was like, I called him back on the radio, and I'm like, hey, I got him. I, he's toasted. There's blood everywhere. Complete pass through, and then it hit the rock. It didn't make a thump. It didn't make a noise. The only noise it made was the broadhead hitting the rock. 
but it was a complete pass through in his bed, and uh, he did not go 30 yards, and I could hear him crashing. And um, it was completely unreal, and that was about 24 hours ago exactly, and it still hasn't sunk in yet. I'm, I haven't slept. I'm delirious, and <laughs> I am just on cloud nine still. Um, yeah, so that's that's how well, this I is a, got the book. That's an incredible story, James, and um, just an awesome story of perseverance, of staying on that buck, and you know, thinking you lose them, I think it's a great lesson for everybody out there as coos deer, especially they, they are so habitual, uh, unless something dramatic happens, it's easy to think that they've, you know, gone somewhere else, but the, you know, darn, I've run into it so many times, go back to the original spot, just like you did. And, um, you found them. What a story. Um, this is an incredible deer. Um, looking at a picture that you had sent me right now, it's just, uh, big, big eye guard on the on his left side. It's uh, kind of a crooked eye guard on the right side. Um, you know, he's a he's a typical three by three mainframe with a couple little extras, an extra double eye guard on the left side, and um, just a bomber of a buck. Um, yes. And uh, you know, hearing the story, it's just awesome to hear the story and the passion about it. And you know, you've been after these guys for a long time and and i'm glad you uh i'm i'm glad you're the one that got this buck thanks man i really appreciate that and um you know i've just put a lot of time and literally hard work into it and it paid off but i also think that something else played a factor in that whole stock that went down yesterday um so the end of this story is um, right after I shot the deer, I knew he was dead. Uh, I saw blood everywhere, and all of a sudden, I'm at the top of this hill with no backpack, no shoes, and the biggest monsoon this year rolls in and just starts dumping on us. Um, at this point, Trevor's still like a mile away. I'm up on the mountain. It's dark. I don't have a flashlight, no shoes, and I'm just getting dumped. I'm just soaking wet, drenched. And so I go try and run down the hill to find my backpack where I know I have a tarp in there. And uh, I get to it, but it's too late. And by then, Trevor picked up my boots for me and brought them up to me. And uh, I get to Trevor, and I say, hey, man, I got him. And he's like, I know you got him. I saw him fall, and congratulations. And he gives me a big hug. And I'm like, you know what, dude? I'm dead serious right now. The size of that deer means nothing to me. It doesn't, it's it's not even on my mind, and it wasn't. Um, I'm just glad that I could do it with him um, being there with me, and in my mind, another person there being there with me, helping me the entire time, which um, is my best, one of my best friends and my wife's. Um, brother, his name is Sean, and he actually passed away six, uh, over six years ago. And um, when he was alive, he was one of my hunting buddies. And I, for Christmas, I gave him this camouflage hat. No big deal. Um, he wore it all the time. Every time I'd see him after that, he'd have his camouflage hat on. Just a normal Walmart camouflage hat. Pretty cool hat, but no big deal. Um, he died. 
and his girlfriend at the time was going through all this stuff after his death, and she found the hat, and she wanted me to have that, plus, you know, some other stuff, and so I take that hat with me everywhere I go, um, and when I'm on a stock, I put the hat on, um, I keep it in my bag, not inside my bag, I strap it to the outside of my bag, um, and it's always with me. So yesterday I put that hat on before my stock, got up there, shot the buck, met up with Trevor and said, um, Trevor, I wouldn't want to do this with anybody else but you. And of course, Sean, because he's here in spirit. And yesterday when I shot this deer was his 33rd birthday. So I shot this deer that shouldn't have happened. The biggest deer ever. And it was on his birthday while I'm wearing a hat that I gave to him that I got back from him after he passed. And uh, it was just really like a spiritual thing, you know. And I asked my friend Trevor, who is a theology major and uh, more of a godly man than myself, to uh, say a few words on the side of the mountain right there in remembrance of Sean and what the two of us have just accomplished because without him and losing the way I would have gotten near that buck. Um and it was it was crazy and it was crazy storm rolled right through and it was just like a dream. This whole thing's just been a dream. It's one of the most incredible stories, hunting or non hunting stories I've ever heard. Um, you know, just the fact that it was Sean's birthday and you had his hat on and, you know, it's just an incredible story and my hat's off to you for telling the story. And, um, you know, I, I, this is an incredible deer and an incredible experience. But like I said before, this isn't really about a big deer. Um, you know, a lot of times we forget that, that there's a much larger picture out there. And, you know, I, it's nice that you got to see that larger picture and, you know, it's, a challenge sometimes when we miss people that we really love and we miss them. Um, but it's important to know that, you know, there's more important things than big deer. And, and one of those things is friendship and, and, you know, family and what have you. So, um, just an incredible story, um, incredible deer and incredible story of friendship as well. And, um, I, I don't think for one second that, um, that this was an accident. I, I think that this was completely meant to be, and um, it's a awesome opportunity there for you. Well, thank you, and I completely agree with you. Now, I might not have said that 36 or 48 hours ago, but I don't know, man. It's just a very awesome experience that uh, I'm just happy to have, and um, I just want to finish off that story with one more thing, if I can. Absolutely. Okay. So we find the buck. Um, it's still raining. Uh, right then I, I call. Like we're way out in the middle of nowhere, so everybody knows how it is. Uh, raining, middle of the night. It's already 9.30 by the time we found him. Um, I called my other hunting partner, Brandon, and told him, hey, I, I, I got the buck. You know, I, I shot him. And he was screaming like a schoolgirl and just completely ecstatic because he had seen this buck um, the Sunday morning before that when all of us were out there looking for him. He knew he knew what was going on. So he jumped in his truck, grabbed some ice, grabbed a nice chest, brought us some water, and 
hauled up the hill and then hiked out, grabbed all of our stuff, hiked it back to the, to the truck, came back out, helped us pack everything out. And when we got to Brandon, he had had a tape on him, of course, and he wanted to know what this buck scored, as we all did. And if I didn't shoot this buck uh, in archery season, I was going to, even if, I don't know, if I didn't shoot him this week, I was going to email UK pictures of him and say, hey, field judge this buck for me, because I just cannot believe what I'm seeing. And um, so Brandon has his tape, and I get out my little app on my phone to score your buck, and um, I am going and going and going and getting all these numbers, and we're just blown away taking pictures the whole time, and I ask him again, I go, I look at my phone, and I think my phone's lying to me, and I ask him again, I go, all right, Trevor, what what do you think this buck scores now that you see it? He says, 134. And I go, okay, Brandon, what do you think this buck scores? And he says, uh, 131, I think. And um, now this is just a green score on the ground in the middle of the night with a wet tape measure and a wet buck and all this stuff. And I'm no professional score or anything, but my phone told me and the numbers told me that I had a 145-inch cruiser in front of me. <laughs> and I was blown away. I didn't believe it. Um, I said, this can't be right. I rechecked the numbers, and it's still the same thing. So I told them, all right, let's go home. Uh, I got home at like 3.30 yesterday morning. Um, I said, I'm going to do this all on paper again and add the numbers up again and see where I went wrong because I just don't don't believe. I don't know what a 145-inch cruiser looks like in your hands. And um, so I, at 3.30 in the morning, I redid it last night with different tape and did it on paper and was very conservative with my measurements. I did not give them any extra, not an AP or not an eighth there. And I still came up with 140 inches. So... I took it to the taxidermist today, um, my buddy Brett Prentice, and he looked at it, and he had 136-inch deer in there, and I think 138-inch deer in there, and we set them next to it, and this thing is just far and away the biggest deer he's ever seen in his life, and uh, it was just uh, an amazing deer, and I just couldn't be happier right now. Awesome story, James. Um, that's incredible. I want to thank you for sharing that story with us. And um, you, you've asked me to post a few photos of your deer on my website, uh, jscottoutdoors.com, and I'm going to do that for you. And uh, I'm going to turn this uh, episode around very quick so you can uh, share it with people. And um, I just uh, want to thank you for coming on and telling the story and, and um you know, it's 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 great to see a good guy like yourself get a deer like this, and it's great to see uh, someone have reverence for all of the issues and the you know the backstory with this. And and my hats off to you, you and your buddies. Um, and uh, look forward to meeting you in person uh, one of these days. And um, just a heck of a deer. I can't wait to see this deer in person uh, here one of these days as well. So uh, just thanks for coming on, buddy. Well, thanks again for having me. Um, this is a complete honor. You're, you and Dar are 
uh, legends in a lot of our eyes as guys that have grown up in Arizona, and I just couldn't be happier about this. Um, yesterday, after we did this, Trevor said to me, dude, you're going to be on Jay's podcast. And I'm like, dude, shut up. I'm going to be on Jay's podcast. And then, I, <laughs> and then I found your number, and I'm like, I'm texting. I'm going to text him a picture and see what he has to say. So I really appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. That's awesome, buddy. Well, um, I'll be back in Arizona in a few days, and uh, I'll have to look you up. And uh, congrats again, and and we'll be, we'll uh, see you soon. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Well, guys, what an incredible story of James Dudley and his buck, and uh, his friend, his friend's passing, and uh, shooting the buck on his friend's birthday, and wearing the hat that he had given his friend. And just a incredible story. I want to thank James. Uh, for bringing that story to me and letting us share it here on the podcast. I know you guys enjoyed it. Uh, James is on Instagram, at buffjesus12, B-U-F-F, Jesus12. And um, you guys can go over there and see some more pictures of his buck. Uh, He has given me photos to be posting on my blog, jscottoutdoors.com. And I just want to thank him and congratulate him on such a fine trophy. And I can't wait to see this buck in person. Um, Guys, I want to thank you, the listeners here at J. Scott Outdoors, Western Big Game Hunting and Fishing Podcast. Uh, The support that I get every day from you guys is amazing. And I really appreciate all the emails that I get and all of the uh, comments and positive stuff on iTunes. if you haven't, uh, go on iTunes and leave us uh, a five-star rating. That really helps our placement with iTunes. And I just want to thank you guys for your support. If you would like to send me an email, you can reach me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for all the support on my Instagram account, at jscottoutdoors, Facebook, jscottoutdoors, and the YouTube channel, jscottoutdoors. Um, guys, uh, the summer is, uh, over the fall season is right in front of us. Animals are starting to hit the ground and we're going to be in the full swing of things here over the next couple of months. So just want to encourage you guys to give it your best, give it your all and, uh, get out there and enjoy, enjoy the great outdoors, uh, enjoy what God has given us to enjoy. And, um, guys, I want to thank GoHunt.com Insider for being a title sponsor of this podcast. I also would like to thank DeadeyeOutfitters.com. Deadeye Outfitters uh, makes high quality uh, t-shirts and hats and the orders for um, from you, the listeners, have been piling in. Um, I want to thank you guys for ordering at Deadeye Outfitters. Uh, They make... uh, they are hunters, and they make this stuff with hunters in mind. Uh, use the J. Scott promo code and receive a 10% discount on all purchases at DeadeyeOutfitters.com. Uh, guys, um, let's get after it this hunting season. Let's give it everything we got um, because of stories like this and circumstances like this. Uh, life is short, and you never know uh, when your time is coming. So uh, let's get out there and, and um, enjoy the outdoors and enjoy your family and friends. And until next time, guys, God bless.